Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. How are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Alisa Unfiltered. My name is Alisa. I am your host. Today it is Wednesday, August the 4th. And today's a very interesting show. Very interesting indeed. And here's why. <laughs> um, I actually had a guest that I wanted to bring on the show. She's amazing. And she's going to come on at a later t- date. And we were doing the podcast interview super late on Tuesday evening. Um, she lives in Australia. The time zones are whatever out of whack. And we we actually couldn't get the interview done. <sighs> All the while, we're doing some more renovations in our backyard. Michael and I were pouring concrete for a fence. <laughs> tiny little fence that we're putting up. It took us forever. Michael did the majority of the work, but we were like working outside. I literally put in a 15 hour day yesterday. I was like nonstop. And I just didn't have the brain power to, to prepare anything. So the podcast for this morning was supposed to happen with an interview last night. That didn't happen. I go to bed. I had a little bit of anxiety and I wake up this morning and I literally have nothing prepared for this week's show. Now, this is a big lesson for me in in many, many ways. And actually, that's essentially what I want to talk about because a lot of things are sort of happening in this moment for me. One is that I'm really triggered. I get triggered quite um, heavily, deeply, impactfully when um, people don't do what they say when they don't show up. Now, on the other side, I totally have compassion. I totally understand. I mean, my guest, she like apologized. She sent emails throughout the night. Like I got them all this morning. I totally understand like that element of it. But in the moment, if you say you're going to do something and then you don't, that really irks me. It's a huge pet peeve for me. Now, Let's actually dive into that a little deeper because I <laughs> I have um, committed to things that I haven't completed. All right, everyone sort of, I think most people listening here can can relate to that in many ways. So like I've, I've actually said I was gonna do things that I haven't done. Now, um, because in the moment, those things don't mean anything to me. However, on the other side, when it involves other people, other moving parts, we make assumptions that because it doesn't mean that much to me, that it wouldn't mean that much to them. And there's an inconvenience there, regardless of how much it doesn't matter to you. When other people are involved, there is most definitely an inconvenience there. So, and this goes for all levels of of, of things. Like if, even if you say, like something small, when you're not true to yourself, 
when you're not true to your word, there's a lot of moving parts there. And what happens over time when you continuously make these like white, say these white lies, for example, like little, little, um, lies. I don't know. What's a white lie? What's the definition of a white Like something that you don't think means that much. Like when someone asks you how you're doing and you say you're great, but really deep down you're like dying inside and you're depressed and you don't feel good. That's really like when you're lying about those things and not being true to your word, what you're doing is you're conditioning yourself. You're domesticating yourself to not trust yourself and to not trust in your instinct and to abandon yourself, abandon the way you feel for the sake of someone else. Do you see where I'm going with this? But on the other side, like when you commit to something, yes, we make mistakes. And that's not the point here. The, the point is like um, when we commit to something or we say we're going to do something and we don't show up, that is also creating a distrust within you. That's also creating um, a situation that puts you out of your integrity, all right? It puts you out of your integrity. Now, again, mistakes happen. I know that this particular situation was a mistake. Their dots didn't align properly, and that's fine. But on my side, I was like so triggered sitting here. I had my Zoom call up. I had my mic in front of me. Everything was set up. I And, and, and mind you, there was mayhem outside. I had a lot of pressure because we had to do the stupid concrete pour. Uh, but I was in it. I was in it. I was like, I had all my questions ready. I had prepared for the podcast. I mean, I had a big day. Like I said, I've had a big week. Like this is, I still have a big week this week too. And next week, like there's so much happening in August for me. Uh, the summers are always busy, aren't they? Uh, and, and so when things, yeah, so so my schedule is kind of messed up there a little bit. And I'm sitting here and the guest doesn't come on the Zoom call. And I'm just like turning into a fire-breathing dragon. It was actually this really interesting situation for me. Because I think I've talked about triggers a lot over the last few months on social media, on the podcast. Triggers have been a big thing for me. And I've been really, really, really paying attention to them. And people sort of make this massive assumption that triggers will go away when we start to get our shit together, right? And for the most part, they like when you're on the upswing of life, when everything, when everything's aligned, when you're living in alignment, when everything's sort of going your way, when, when someone sort of pushes your buttons, you can kind of let it slide because there's, there's not as much pressure or stress in your life. And, and, you know, it rolls off your back a lot easier. We've all had this experience before, but when things aren't really in alignment, like for me, I'm not necessarily on a low point of the downswing, but I've definitely have, I'm out of alignment a little bit in my life. I, I feel it. I sense it. My body doesn't feel totally hundred percent great. My, my organizational skills, my stress management, my sleep, even, um, things, things like that are just, they're not totally hitting, hitting the mark. I'll put it that way. And again, we, we make the assumption that when we get our shit together, like, uh, we won't be triggered anymore, but, but that's a huge mistake. It's a big red flag 
to have that mindset because we're always going to have triggers. And here's the thing. Our trigger is like a spotlight. It's basically like, um, I was listening to something Mark Groves was saying. He calls it a warning sign. I kind of think it's like a spotlight shining. It's almost like a compass and a spotlight together. It's shining and pointing to a place within that needs some love and attention. And maybe in that moment, you can't give yourself love and attention. That's what was happening to me. So I was sitting here fuming, looking at my screen, waiting, uh, anticipating, having all these other things sort of fill my mind, um, come flooding in and fill my mind. And, and, and I started getting really upset by this. So ultimately, even though, you know, feeling that way, being in the trigger, being in the moment feels bad. We don't necessarily want to get rid of that feeling. What we want to do is choose constructive ways to take care of ourselves in that moment. That's what the awareness piece does. That's what your work, the the work, quote unquote, does. When we feel those triggers, what it's really doing is pointing to uh, a belief, a deep-seated, rooted belief within us, a place of hurt, of pain, you know, mine all comes down to abandonment, right? I felt abandoned as a child from a certain parent. I mean, we can we can go all, all in. We can go all into this. I mean, mine goes. I can point the spotlight, and that's years of of really paying attention. But when someone doesn't show up for me, I still get that ting of, well, like you know, like I'm not good enough, right? Or or uh, you don't care about me, or you don't love me, or whatever the narrative is in that moment, okay? So that was what was happening to me. So I can choose to continue to spiral with that narrative, or I can choose a constructive way to take care of myself. For example, um, learning how to communicate. So I wrote some some emails, some very kind emails saying like, hey, are you okay? First and foremost, what's going on? Because I, you know, I can make assumptions that this person is just totally doesn't give a shit, uh, you know, whatever. Or maybe there, there's something bad happening there, right? Like I have no idea. So I'm asking the questions. I'm actually communicating and asking the questions and, and re, um, rephrasing, reformatting what the what the old narrative wants to tell me through communication. I did some breath work, all right? Within my communication, I started to create boundaries and set up next steps of how I feel comfortable proceeding with this, all right? Another example would be to learn how to not shut down, right? Or self-abandon myself. You know, in in situations where I feel abandoned uh, by other people or I get that trigger, not not this did not happen necessarily last night. But what I would do is is immediately look for ways to avoid myself. I would start drinking is a really good example. I would I would be like, I need some wine. I need something to like get me to out, get me out of my body, get me out of this somatic response because I don't like it. And I can't sit here. All right. So the trigger is actually saying, pay attention. 
to your life. And I really love that saying. I really love that that connection, that peace. And again, even though it feels like shit when it's happening, it's really telling you to pay attention because there's a lot of stuff. We, we generally respond to triggers as our, as a child. We learn how to navigate all of our beliefs. We learn how to navigate when we're children. And when we're triggered, we actually start to behave like children. We haven't grown up and it created adult responses to our trigger. And that was like exactly what was being tested within me last night. How curious, how interesting is that? All right. You, we see it. Like, I mean, I've seen adult temper tantrums all the time. Like I, I, I know that you have also seen an adult behaving just like, what is wrong? Crying, blaming guilt, like literally smashing things. Like <laughs> think about it. And, and you know, even me as an adult, I want to smash things too. I don't, I have the ability to refrain from doing those things. But like, look at how children have their little crybaby hot chocolates. And like, look at how adults have their little crybaby hot chocolates. They're, they're the same. We literally haven't evolved out of our, uh, like the primary uh, um, uh, response, the learning, the conditioned way to do this. And, and like, I say this all the time, we, our responses are not necessarily our fault. Um, how we learn to do things as a child is not necessarily our fault. We, we are literally learning how to survive in this world. Like we are literally learning how to deal with life and whatever's presented to us. And some people have it really hard. Some people, even it appears that they have it easy, but it's really hard. All right. And kids, yeah, they're resilient. And when you were a kid, you were freaking resilient too. And you've learned a lot of crap, but all of that was being developed when your brain wasn't fully capable of making adult decisions. Your brain wasn't fully developed. You did not know you had no choice, but now you do. So this was a really interesting thing. And I know like, I mean, I'm off script right now. I don't have a script. I don't have a plan. Normally, okay, let me just backpedal here because normally when I start my podcast, you may or may not know this, but I definitely like list out things that I want to say and in order that I want to say them and how, how uh, you know, the points that I want to make. I make key points. And yeah, I generally speak off the cuff. <sighs> but today is not like that. So I'm already like thinking, what have I already said? Am I repeating myself? <laughs> it's kind of stressful coming right off the the cuff but it's also really interesting to see where I go on on my tangents (laughs) because yes I definitely wanted to talk about triggers and I definitely wanted to talk about how we manage our own internal turmoil and how we might hold on to these types of things because here's the thing when someone says something or does something I don't know, let's use the example of like, they could leave a comment on your Instagram post that is, they can send a text that's kind of like out of context, but we take that piece of information and we perceive it as being hurtful or hateful instead of actually seeing it as a reflection of 
that person, right? So that person who's leaving the comment, who's doing the thing, they have their own lives and their own turmoil and their own struggle. And what they say and do is actually a reflection of who they are, of what what's happening inside of them, all right? We oftentimes forget that. We, we oftentimes take someone's actions and make it about us, but it's really never about us. It's always about that person and what they're dealing with and how they're struggling. So let's just say like a hater or someone does something that makes you mad or makes you feel upset or, or triggers you or whatever. We oftentimes, we let that action or word or comment or behavior live in our brains for far too long, far too long. And meanwhile, the person who like made the comment or did the action, they've already moved on with their day. Like they, they don't even know what's happened. They don't even know how triggered you are. They're, they're just, they're just doing, living their own lives and, and maybe, you know, triggering a thousand people in one day, who knows? But really what we are doing is we take that and we let it brew based on our skills, based on our ability to uh, filter out the noise, based on our ability to not take things personally. These are all skills of of aware, the practice of awareness that we can work on. We can work on this together if you want to work on it with me. Like this, these are the things that we can start to manage and as I said earlier, um, be constructive about in in creating a new narrative. What are the what are the things that we can do to let that comment or that piece of information or behavior go from inside of us and get it out of our brains? It does not belong to us, but we decide based on our experience, based on our life experiences and and the narratives and how we feel about ourselves and our worth and our integrity and our management skills we take that information and we make it part of who we are we take it personally all right instead of learning skills to sort of let that go so all in all i guess what i'm trying to say here all in all it was last night even though i had 20 million billion <laughs> things on the go, I really needed to focus in, hone in on my self-care. And it's interesting because the way 99% of people perceive self-care is completely pointless. It's completely pointless. And here's why. We think of self-care as, I guess, in some ways people get less stressed. We make self-care about like how we look, about these vanity sort of things. And I say it's pointless, but I know like many people in the moment, they feel better about themselves or they might feel confidence when they go to the spa or they get their nails done or they get a facial or they get uh, me time, whatever that is. But if you're not filling that me time with actually filling your soul, that's what I believe self-care is. And everything else is pointless. It's you're, you're fluffing up the feathers. You're creating this illusion of self-care. It's an illusion of self-care. What real self-care actually is, is soul-filling behaviors. So what 
fills the soul. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. The soul doesn't care about the color of your nail polish, right? The soul doesn't care about the new iPhone 12.7. whatever that you buy when you're feeling empty to try to fill the, the cup, to fill the void that's inside of you. It doesn't give a shit about that crap. It cares about connection to yourself, to the earth, to other people, like loving and compassionate connection, all right? Things that fill your soul are ways that you can come back to your, to your authenticity, being true to yourself. And I really firmly, firmly, firmly believe that integrity and honesty are the most powerful traits a woman on her wellness journey can have. Integrity, I'm going to say that again. Integrity and honesty are the most powerful traits a woman can have on her wellness journey. Why? Why is that? Because those are values of the soul. That's when you're standing in your truth, when you come back to your truth of who you actually are, like as a human being, not the picture that you've painted of outside, like the person that you're trying to be or the, the, the person that you think you need to be. Filling your soul is putting your feet in the sand. It's walking through the grass. If you don't have grass to walk on, it's, it's being outside and looking up at the stars at night. It's connecting to the earth. It's eating food that nourishes, that comes from this earth that nourishes you. It's taking, it's drinking a giant glass of water when you wake up in the morning. I love that. I love that one. I learned that one from my friend Michelle Wolf as a self-care piece. Yes, that is self-care because that fuels the soul. Your, your soul is a part of who you are. And when your soul is depleted, when you feel empty inside, you need to fill the cup with things that are going to sustain you and keep your cup full. It's not those momentary blips of like fluffy bullshit. All of, so, so if you're a person who is focusing on your self-care and is having a little bit of trouble doing that because you kind of feel a little bit selfish, you feel selfish going away to do the spa and, to the, and you know, you have this great weekend away, but you come back on Monday and you start your job and you start your whatever again and you feel the exact same depleted state that you began this, that is an indication that your self-care is not working, that that is not what you need, all right? So then we have this disconnection of like, well, I'm trying to do the self-care, but it's just not working, or that's, you know, like we start creating this narrative, well, that doesn't work for me, right? And you're right, it's not working for you because that is the fluffy, that's what I say, like the the way 99% of people perceive self-care is it's pointless. like. You should, if you're going to the spa, experience the massage and the, and, and all of that in the moment and how great it feels, but don't expect that action alone to fill your soul and fill your cup. That's a bandaid. That's a, that's a, that feels great. Like, trust me, I love going to massages, but you know what? If I don't continue to act and behave in a way that's soul filling once that massage is over, I'm going to need another one. I'm going to need a lot more. (laughs) 
I want like when I when I abandon myself and and you know start to create the narrative and this is this is something that all the the recovering self abandoners will relate to. They just want someone to take care of them. They just I just want someone to take care of me. I just want to be heard. I want to be seen. I want someone to read my goddamn mind and just do something to help me. You know like that feeling. I get that feeling often. And that's another like huge spotlight on the areas of my life where I am self-abandoning and I need to come back into that feeling, the soul feeling, feeling and fill my own cup with doing things. That's where my meditation practice comes in. That's where sitting in silence. And it's like five minutes, literally five minutes. It's when I open the fridge and I could choose to eat the leftover cake that's been sitting there staring at me, or I can choose to eat you know, maybe something with a little bit more nutrition, wholesome, less sugar that's going to trigger me in other ways. You know, sometimes I need the cake though. That's also soul filling. Sometimes I need to bake a cake and connect to the food and know exactly what's in it. And sometimes I need to sit with the cats. Sometimes I need to call a friend, text a friend, listen to a podcast, go for a walk, be outside and fresh. Like all of these things. It's a continuous journey. It's all we're zigzagging. We're crisscrossing. We're always going. But I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that our self-care and our decision, when we get, when we get triggered, when bad stuff happens, when we're on a downward swing in the pendulum swing of life, Unless we are able to connect to our integrity and be true to who we are and actually make choices that are filling our soul and are filling our cup and keeping our cup full, all right? And the rest of it is is pointless. The rest of it is old narrative. That's external shit that has been projected onto you, that you are believing to be true, that's you trusting in someone else telling you what's best for you, when you haven't been able to even take the time to figure it out on your on your own. That's really powerful, all right? So learning what you, what works for you is is really great, but that's also a process. Learning what learning what works for you is a process. Learning what your soul needs is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. So this is really interesting because when we're like dealing with hard things, you know, I really love the Glennon Doyle, you can do hard things. I love her. If you follow her on Instagram, I love her relationship with Abby. I love what they show. It's so real and raw. They're sitting in their integrity. They show their vulnerabilities. I love that whole dynamic. It's so fun to watch and learn from. And, and to really understand that, yes, you can do hard things. You do something hard every single day. You do something hard every single day. And when hard things happen and we don't fill our own cup and we don't fill our soul and manage things in a certain way or... Um, use constructive ways. I like I like that saying. When we don't do those things and we just let it go because we don't have the skills to deal with it, we 
oftentimes say things like time heals all wounds. <laughs> Who's ever heard of that or said that? Time heals all wounds. And I, I, I just want to say that I also believe that that's bullshit. Time doesn't heal anything. Time it allows you to process what is happening in two different ways. You can process the, the experience by suppressing and time allows you to suppress those emotions a little bit slower instead of just taking a big gulp and saying, I'm okay, you know, which I know we've all done <laughs> when you're not okay, right? So time allows you to suppress slowly or process the experience with constructive ways to overcome, forgive, feel, and create new patterns of behavior to soothe yourself, to heal from that negative experience. All right, so like, and here's what I mean by that. I love using like the relationship dynamic because it's something that's really close to me. It's something that I felt and I've lived over and over again. I have dated the same guy. I married the same guy over and over. I didn't, I haven't, I've only been married once, but I basically dated the same person over and over again. And I was so heartbroken at the end of all of these relationships saying, I will never do this again. And then I took a certain amount of time. And what I did was instead of use that time to heal and grow and learn, which I thought I was doing, right? We all like, we're all like, yeah, because at some point I felt really good and I got my confidence back and I wanted to date again and I had gotten a, a quote unquote over it. But really I hadn't got over it. Uh, well, I, I guess I could, I did, <laughs> I actually did get over it by, because I suppressed all those emotions and what I was experiencing way down. And I was standing on top of them with like, a, you know, a dozen red flags <laughs> being like, hi, I'm here. I'm ready. But really I was not ready. And just to clarify what I was not ready for was a different type of relationship, a higher vibrational relationship. Yes, I, I was ready to date again, but I was about to attract the same energy back into my life, the same patterns, the same behaviors, because I hadn't changed them within me. All right. So, and I had no conscious awareness of this. So yeah, I was ready to date, but I was not ready to, to level up my relationship, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, so it's really interesting, like, after my relationships, to use this as an example, um, I had suppressed. So when I started to attract things back into my life, I was attracting the same thing again, over and over again. It looked different. The man looked different. He had a different job. He had a different life circumstance, but he treated me the same way. He treated himself the same way. Okay. And I was not able to see that until it was too late because I hadn't actually sat with that and forgiven myself and healed myself and processed the last relationship in a way that I could actually grow and lift my vibration and, and attract a different person. Are you following? So then at, after, uh, 
I did my three years of being single. And I'm going to do a podcast about this because I really want to talk about the man talks that I did where I detox from men. And I like I took a long time. I I know I touch on this often, but I've had a lot of requests (laughs) to to talk a little bit more about the process that I went through when I was single and how what work I actually did and how I filled my soul and how I forgave myself and how I healed from uh, those uh, wounds of uh, self-abandonment and betrayal and, and hard relationships and all of those things, which I'd be happy to to share in a, at another time. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that during that time, just to blanket statement it, I did some serious self-growth. So the next person that came into my life who happened to be Michael, he looked different. He sounded different. He behaved different. And that was foreign to me. That was scary a little bit because I was so used to being treated by a man in a certain way. I wasn't used to being treated by a man who actually showed up for himself and who had boundaries, loving and compassionate boundaries, and that had his own interests. And I I like immediately wanted to like dive into this codependent relationship of like 50-50. Like let's come together and be whole. It was really interesting coming into the relationship as a whole person myself as 100% and him as 100%. So when we like the dynamic was completely different and that took time to uh observe in my own way as opposed to the way you know that lustful and, and, and people really like, they, they felt uncomfortable when we started dating because, you know, we would see each other once a week. We weren't like, we didn't dive, nosedive, move in with each other right away. In fact, we even broke up. We even had some, some of our own shit, which yes, I will talk about that on a podcast too. <laughs> we had some adversity at the beginning of our relationship because it was different. It felt different and we were afraid of that. And when we came back together, things were absolutely magical. We, it's, it's a very interesting process what happens when we start to fill our actual soul and heal and process our wounds and process the things that are happening in our lives. This is the magic, right? This is the magic. When we stay in our integrity and we stay true to ourselves, that is the most powerful trait a woman on her wellness journey can have. And that's, and that doesn't happen with time. That happens with, with learning constructive ways to take care of yourself and fill your soul. And I think I want to leave it at that. I do. I definitely want to leave it at that. I want you to simmer on some of the things that I just said. <sighs> I can't even believe I just talked for like almost 40 minutes. I really can't believe that I just did that without a script. I'm going to, this is a huge win for me. And you know what? I'm talking about myself right now. And yeah, I'm thinking out loud and (laughs) I don't generally do this, but like, (sighs) it has been a really crazy few weeks for me. And I, I just feel a lot of pride for myself and I'm going to go and fill my cup with some coffee (laughs) 
fill my cup with some delicious food. I'm going to go hug Michael. I'm going to go sit for five minutes and meditate. I'm going to edit the shit out of this podcast. And then I'm going to put it up for all of you to listen to. So you know when you're listening to this that I have shown up for myself today. I am proud of myself. I am feeling good and doing the work and you just ticking another box of off my to-do list, which is making me feel really, really, really good. <laughs> and in that, if you're listening, I really want you to send me a message somehow. You can either you know, comment on my website on this on this episode. Leave a comment. You can DM me on Instagram at, at Elisa Curry Lowitz. You can Facebook me. You can write something in the Facebook group. You can um, send me an email at Elisa at elisaunfiltered.com and just let me know how you feel. How if you have any questions a about this about this episode, please ask them. But let I want to celebrate just ticking those boxes and feeling good in your life and starting to fill your soul. I want to know how you are doing that in your life. I want you to share that with me. So please do that and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you. Because of you, I am here. I am showing up and we are on this journey together. Really really truthfully, you're doing a great job. You are beautiful. You are worthy. You matter. Have a wonderful day. Okay. I'm over here giving you a big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered podcast. Wow. That just flies by every time, doesn't it? And if you want more, head over to elisaunfiltered.com for show notes and all the links to all things Elisa Unfiltered. And if you're looking for a new crew of body love, self-care, and confidence builders just like yourself, be sure to join my exclusive community over on Facebook. The link is waiting for you at elisaunfiltered.com. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time. Wow.